Hi, I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I am chatting with Ray Walaska. Ray is a military spouse, mom to two boys, and business owner. As the boss lady for Murder and Mayhem, you could say she researches and writes nonfiction thrillers. Ray's business offers true crime tours, ghost tours, murder mystery scavenger hunts, murder mystery parties in San Diego, California, and Jacksonville, Florida. She has spent countless hours reading, researching, and writing about these subjects as she has developed new tours and party scripts over the years. Even though she is submerged in the world of nonfiction almost daily, she loves to read fictional thrillers, mysteries, and romance novels in her spare time. Ray has had a love of reading since a young age and tries to escape into a book every night before bed. She averages reading 125 to 150 books a year. This year, she has actually set a goal to read less. Only 100 books is the goal as she is prioritizing time with family, traveling, and business growth in 2023. Welcome to the show, Ray. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. I'm so glad we were able to connect over books. Listeners, Ray and I have known each other for a very long time, since back into our Sicily days. So I had, as I've been doing this account and this posting a little bit more, I keep hearing people say, we love thrillers, we love thrillers. And it was not a genre that I had read. So I recruited someone to come on and talk to us about thrillers today. So I am super excited to have you today. (laughs) Like I said, super excited to be here. Love reading. Um, That's always been really an important part of my life and it's kind of been my escape. So excited to chat books this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm a mom, military spouse, and I'm an entrepreneur. Um, For the longest time, you know, I kind of saw it as more, I was in the entertainment industry until someone, I think it was about a year ago, mentioned like, oh, so you're a writer. And I had never thought of myself that way. But, you know, after taking a bit to mull over it, I was kind of like, you're right. I am a writer because I have to write all these scripts for our tours, characters for my mystery parties and scenarios and clues, you know. And it, it kind of hit me that I am a writer. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. And I think just in hearing, you know, the bio about all the research that you do and having talked to some authors on the show now, that's what they talk about doing, right? Is doing all this research to be able to synthesize it into a digestible format. And that's exactly what you're doing. Yes. And so, you know, when you interview your authors, um, a similar concept, just I'm presenting it in a different manner than they are. We, you know, they're presenting it in book form. We are presenting it in um, a personal, a more almost intimate manner because we have tour guides that, you know, put a little theatrics behind it and go tell these stories. Um, on all of our tours, there um, we go to the spots where like the crimes took place. And so it kind of makes it a little more realistic, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like I'm imagining, right? Like a play or a drama being unfolding across the streets as you do these tours a little bit. Exactly. (laughs) And you're writing that. So you're a screenwriter, let's say. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I guess, you know, I never thought of it that way either. (laughs) (laughs) So how long have you been doing these tours? 
Yeah. So, um, I have had my business, uh, for almost 14 years. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, it started when I was a stay at home mom. Um, and you know, with being a military spouse, it's, it's hard to have a career when you have to move every couple of years, um, for your significant other. And so, um, I had been a stay-at-home mom for a year and I was kind of starting to get a little bored. And so I was like, I need to do something, but it's got to be flexible. And um, I decided that being an event planner was the way I wanted to go, but I was going to do it through murder mystery parties. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yep. And then we launched the tours about 11 years ago in San Diego when we lived there. Okay. So had you had a career previous to having children with moving around with the military? Yes. Okay. So I actually worked in um, hotels and hospitality. Okay. And I was a sales and event manager. So okay. that was kind of where I knew um, that I really enjoyed planning events. Um and while I was in college, I had worked at a hotel that was a historic property. And at that time, I was tasked with finding a source of revenue during their off season. And we came up with the idea of doing um, murder mystery weekends there because we could rent hotel rooms, we could use our restaurants, our banquet space, you know, kind of wow. pull everything together. And um, during that time, we had a lady custom write a mystery. It arrived. It was only eight pieces of paper. And I thought, Oh my goodness, I'm going to be fired. So <laughs> I took it home. I embellished it. I did all this extra stuff. I like worked with the cooks in the kitchen and we're like, Hey, can you call in and give clues during the party? And just so created fun. this really amazing experience. And at the end, someone comes to me and was like, when's the next one? I was like, Oh shoot. I have yeah. to write another one now. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So you found your calling like that. I was just wondering if you had done the whole like pick up and move your job with every duty station that that even before having children, right? That can become tiring in itself. So I didn't actually open my own business till like seven years later. Um, uh, actually back even eight years after I'd had that job and I had tried doing the career, um, actually working with enterprise rent a car, but every time we moved, I had to be brought back down to a certain level. Like you couldn't continue up the yeah. ladder. It was like, we felt like I was playing shoots and ladders. You know, you're like up three rungs down two. you know, up four rungs down five. And so yeah. that that's where it definitely became hard and why I decided to start my own business. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Cause I feel like I'm kind of at that point in our military moves where I'm like, okay, I need something that I'm not going to be starting from scratch every time we move. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. It just gets so frustrating, especially if you're what I call like a striver, someone who, um, you know, really tries to do well and wants to go up that ladder to get knocked down for things that aren't your fault and that they don't, you know, it just, yeah, it makes it really frustrating. So I, kind of, you just decided to take control of my future at that point, you know? Yeah. Okay. So you're living, were you living in San Diego at that time? So you're launching this new business in San Diego. So I actually lived in Washington when oh we launched goodness. the business. Okay. Yeah. So we, we lived in Washington. Um, that's where I launched the murder mystery parties. Okay. And, um, it was an amazing experience, but it didn't go, you know, like most things in life did not go how I expected. Sure. I thought I'd be doing home parties for people. My very first customer was a restaurant. Okay. And <laughs> it was a mom and pop. And so we basically every month they would hold a murder mystery. And every month I wrote a new one. 
Wow. All right. Okay. So then you're doing these home parties and then you move again to San Diego. No, (laughs) (laughs) we, we moved, let's see, we went from Washington to, um, DC. Okay. Um, and that was a very fun move. I actually had during our move, I had my printer, which I I still have it. Um, I have this ginormous printer because I have a laser printer and, um, I had my laptop and I kid you not, I was putting together a party on the move from Washington (laughs) to DC. So every night that we were staying in the hotel, my husband would have to carry this giant printer in. And when we were driving, I'd be working on the files and then we'd get into the hotel room and I'd print it out. And then, so a couple of days of that, I'd build out the whole party and then we shipped it from, I don't even remember what city we shipped it from. Like it was before we had gotten up that morning on our drive. It was just very crazy. But kind of the beauty of what I was doing was it worked with our lifestyle that we were doing. Okay. All right. So, and then, so you're doing these murder mysteries. Were you like, I just want to take the next step. And is why you decided to launch into the tours or how did those come about? Yeah. So I kind of fell into it. Um, So yeah, so we had moved from Washington. We moved to DC. Then I moved to Iowa and then we moved to San Diego. Oh my goodness. And um, in that time I had another child also. Um, but when we were in San Diego, I had partnered with um, a gentleman who had a pirate ship that sailed the San Diego Bay, okay. and we were doing murder mystery parties on the weekends aboard his ship. And um, amazing experience. I made a great friends with his crew. Well, one day he calls me and says, I have to sell my ship. It's being moved to Hawaii. So I'm giving you notice that we won't be able to do these parties anymore. Oh. But I'm not telling the crew I will tell them the day the ship is leaving. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I knew like some of these were single parents who relied on him for income. And it was just like, they had become my friends. And I felt horrible that I'd been put in this position that I couldn't tell them they were going to lose their jobs. Yeah. But like, I didn't necessarily understand why the business owner was doing that, but I knew it wasn't my position to tell them, even though I really wanted to. Yeah. So I at that point was like, I have to do something. I want to offer all these people a job. So I came up with the idea of doing a murder mystery scavenger hunt. And in less than 30 days, I wrote the scavenger hunt, launched it and got it stable so that the day he fired them all, I offered all of them a job. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is, I have the chills. (laughs) What a story. Yeah. And that would have been, well, that was obviously, that was like 11 and a half years ago, because that's what launched the tours. And some of them to this day still work for me. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Cause that's how it was like, if you're not local to the area, how are you recruiting the, the tour guides, right. And yeah. making and finding so people in the time. Um, so we lived in San Diego two years. Okay. I launched the tours a year into our tour there. So I lived there for one year while I operated my business. The rest of the time I have ran it long distance, including from Italy. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize you were doing all that. I knew you were always very busy, but I did not realize you had a business going on in the background. Yeah. So either. I actually ran two businesses when I lived in Italy. Um, I um, also have a marketing company. Okay. And so during the time when we lived in Italy, um, I got a stateside manager who handled 
anything like, cause I run my own phones. So I had a stateside manager who ran my, my phones for me for tours. Okay. I still handled all emails and any major big client projects similar to this. I scheduled via zoom and just told them, Hey, I'm in Italy. So we'll need to work around that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but so when we, I was in Italy, I really bumped my marketing company because you can do that from anywhere. Sure. Um, and I ended up hiring on three military spouses while I was there to assist me with um, doing social media, graphic design, stuff like that. Oh, wow. Wow. I am like so impressed. This is awesome. Yeah. And I taught fitness classes on base, which yeah. is what most people like kind of recognize that I did. Yeah. Well, and I know that you and your husband are big triathletes, correct? And I'm just like, you are so impressive with your time management and how you fit it all in. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a workaholic. And I'm also a night owl. So I tend to like cram a lot of stuff at night after everyone's went to bed. Okay. All right. So now today you have tours in Jacksonville, Florida and San Diego. So listeners, if you are in those areas, are the scavenger hunts still going on? Yes. Yeah, so okay. um, currently I only have the scavenger hunt in San Diego. It's in the gas lamp quarter. It's called okay. the whodunit gas lamp. It's a fictional story where you go solve a murder mystery. Oh, I, I'm going to find a babysitter and my husband yeah. and I are going, <laughs> that sounds so fun right up my alley. And then, so when you are writing these, are you using, it sounds like crimes that have happened locally, or are you also making up fictional stories as well? So on those scavenger hunts, they're completely fictional. Okay. So it is, um, I do work in a little bit of history and like local buildings. So sure. for instance, on the scavenger hunt, um, the stories that um, Dick uh, has went out for a night on the town, he passes out. And during that time, his business partner's murdered. Well, he wakes up the next morning in one of the parks downtown and he's being arrested because he's the one who is the prime suspect. Well, he, he claims he didn't do it, but he unfortunately does not remember what he did the night before. Okay. So the guests on our tour are taking the pocket items that he has on his body and are building an alibi for him. But while okay. they're doing that, they're also catching uh, or gathering clues to figure out who truly killed Dick's business partner, Buddy. And um, so we take them to businesses that Dick had visited, which are actual businesses down there. But we also have picked historic buildings that are some of the most popular ones. And so sometimes you might learn a little bit of history about the building, um, but it's all meshed together to create this fictional story about Dick. Oh, that's so. so fun. Okay. And then the true crime tours obviously are tour or are crimes yes. that have happened locally. But you're also yeah. still writing scripts for that to be presented. Yeah. So we've got the true crime tours. Those are completely nonfiction. Um, I researched like murders and crimes that took place in the area. Um, and then we create a route out of it um, or a, a walking tour where um, in most cases, like in San Diego, it's usually about one mile, an hour and a half. And we go from okay. stop to stop and we tell you about murders and crimes that took place at those locations. And there's also some like little fun tidbits, like where the coroner's um, uh, building used to be in, you know, back in the 1800s, it didn't have refrigeration. So the bodies were put in the basement, you know, like just little wow. fun bits. And those locations just happen to be downtown. So it fits in perfect. 
Um, and then for the ghost tours, we do a combination of history and supernatural or paranormal um, where we um, talk about the history of the buildings and how that correlates with the paranormal and ghost experience. <laughs> for the ghost tours, they are um, a combination of history and paranormal. And so we research like the history of the buildings and how that, you know, partners with the paranormal stories. We visit theaters, um, hotels and stuff like that, that have a super interesting history. And a lot of the um, buildings down there in San Diego are pretty old. So that's really neat too. And the architecture is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, just had an overnight recently. My mom was here, so she gave us a night away and we stayed downtown. And I feel like it's just an area we haven't experienced explored too much solely because I feel like with the kids you don't get to see as much right your kids are busy but we were able to uh you know hang out and really look around I'm like, this is a really cool area we need to keep come back and learn more so yeah it is such a neat area and it used to be the red light district of San Diego oh. used to be Sailor's Row um you know Old Town was originated first uh, which okay. is kind of um, contrary to how most communities, most communities start nearest the water, yeah. but San Diego, Old Town is what was, had originated and they didn't start building up the area closer to the water until later. And, wow. um, and it went through a lot of evolutions. Like someone tried to start it, it didn't take off. And so then, you know, it kind of actually became again, like a really bad area. It was known for bandits and stuff like that. And then someone tried to start it again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. I have learned so much this morning about San Diego that I'm like, I've lived here and I don't know about it. So that is fun. And what a fun way for you to, I, I, I just love history, right? I think that I would be too. really cool to dive into the local part yeah, of that. Yeah. That's um, my original major in college was anthropology because I've always really loved history and culture and kind of, you know, how things have evolved. And um, I unfortunately could not stay awake during the classes. <laughs> <laughs> so full honesty there, um, ended up switching my major to business um, and found that that was a little too dry also. So finally ended with a degree in leisure, youth and human services with um, an emphasis on tourism okay. and um, event planning. And so it was kind of, it's been interesting how everything came full circle for me though. You know, yeah. so I've got a little bit of everything I had went to school for in a business that I never would have expected to be running, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is life, isn't it? Like, just that if I think back to what I thought my 20 year old self thought about what I would be doing or my 25 year old self. And I'm like, nope, nowhere near what I would have predicted. So right. Exactly. Nowhere near a beautiful ride too, at the same time. So yes. Awesome. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about books and switch yes. over there. So, um, I know you mentioned you love thrillers and that's why we have you here, but how in your busyness do you find time to read? So like I mentioned, for me, reading's an escape and it's a priority. Um, I would almost say it is my mental health um, mm -hmm. therapy. Um, for me, it's an escape. Uh, I prefer to read fiction. I will audiobook nonfiction. Okay. Um, 
And uh, though I did, uh, I think two weeks ago, I audio booked a thriller for the first time and it was good. Uh, Usually I struggle with um, remembering all the details when I audio book, but I don't know if this one was just right. So I might, I think I'm going to try another one, but yeah, so I read, um, for sure every night it's almost become where like I have to read in order to start shutting my brain down so I can go to bed. Otherwise um, I am just so caught up in my business and everything, you know, that in life that I use it as kind of like set a mechanism to start kind of winding down at night. Um, I also try some mornings to read. I'm not a huge morning person. So for me, reading kind of helps me wake up. I don't drink coffee. So that's kind of my morning coffee. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I could see exactly what you're saying, how it's an escape for you, right? Of the busyness of your day. But if you're focusing on the story, right, it's gonna, it is going to shut your brain down to the busyness of the day and turn up to paying attention to the story. So what a great way to to end the evening. I do the same. And I've realized if I don't read, it's, it takes me longer. I think it takes me longer to fall asleep or maybe I'm distracted in that window of falling asleep or if I fall asleep with the book half open. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's pretty much every night for me. My, my um, Kindle screen is cracked because... I fell asleep and dropped it. Oh no. <laughs> I now have a rug on the side of my bed. So if there that you happens, go. like <laughs> I know myself well, so I'm planning for it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then so you read a lot of fiction, but you also try to fit in the nonfiction as well. Um yeah, you- so I follow a lot of local authors for my tours for the obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um just wanting to stay on top of, you know, stories, information. Um, And it's kind of amazing um, if you're not in the local author, like genre, um, regular, you don't, you don't necessarily notice it. um, But there are some amazing local authors that it's another great way to learn about your community. And I feel, you know, as military spouses, as often as we move, that to me is something that's very important because we never really get, have a home like, or, you know, so by learning more about it, it makes me feel more at home, you know? And I, love the exploration aspect of that. I think that's why I, you know, I, I think you talk to the variety of military spouses, right? Like some love it, some are okay with it. Some are like, eh, this is not for me. And for me, it's getting to explore a new area and find all these new places and all these new things. And I think doing yeah. it through local authors is yeah. a great way to do that. Yeah. And I always feel, you know, as far as like the moving kind of like you were saying with the, I look at it as like an extended vacation. We're getting to travel. Yes. And it's even amazing to see how within the U.S. alone, there's so many differences, East Coast, West Coast. You know, we lived in Georgia. Georgia's like its whole own state with its (laughs) culture. (laughs) Yeah. I learned I love sweet tea. And had I not lived there, I wouldn't have known I love sweet tea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My cousins live there. So I've I've been down there and I actually love it, though. It kind of reminds me of the Midwest a little bit. And like people are super friendly and, but, and where they live is a beautiful area. So I enjoy yeah. visiting them there. How do you find out about the local authors in the area that you moved to? So I actually started following local bookstores. Okay. 
a lot of them will do author signings with local authors. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I have been to two book signings here in Jacksonville and have and picked up two books. No, I take the back. I've been to three. Um, and also um, my library. Okay. So our libraries here do a lot of author talks and yeah. bring in guest authors. And it's been crazy because, you know, I started the the idea of doing the tour and then a friend reached out to me and was like, Hey, there's a local author who um, is giving a talk about a new book he's releasing. It's about the architecture around town. And I was like, okay. She goes, but what I think you're really going to be interested in is he has written a book about the murders in town. I was like, really? So I attended his, his signing for his architecture book in order to get his murder book signed. (laughs) I was probably the only person there who was like, do you have any of the murder books with you? And can I get it signed instead of the architecture one? Oh, that's so fun. (laughs) And then, so you have prepared for us a thriller book flight today. And you've even given us different types in the thrill, like subgenres, almost of the thriller. So I'm very excited about that. Um, Why don't you start by telling us what the first book of the pairing is today? Yeah, so... um... I'm going to start with a newer book um, of the three that I've brought today. Um, I've got some throwbacks, but this one is um, The Devil's Trill, and it's by N.B. Saltzman. It's actually her first book that she wrote, or I should say published, Um, and it's amazing. To me, just knowing how hard it can be to write and to then even, you know, when you're writing fiction, adding a narrative, you know, outside of that um, conversation, just really kudos to her for her first book. Um, It's a series. I will say all of the books that I brought are series. I'm a serial reader. (laughs) Um, I love to dig in and just get to know the characters. Um, And sometimes um, I'm not a fan of that feeling at the end where you're like left with, but I want to know more. Yeah. Series are my preferred reading. It also makes it easier with as many books as I read a year to not have to pick a new book every time. I can just roll through the series. Yeah, you don't have that daunting task of, oh, what am I going to read next? (laughs) Right, exactly. So, um, but with The Devil's Trill, um, there's four books in the series. Of the four, three of them are published. The fourth one um, is set to be out um, the end of this year. Um, so in December, um, I was lucky enough to read an arc. So an advanced reader copy. Okay. And, um, it was just, like I said, just so amazing. I didn't want to put it down. Um, it's a supernatural thriller. Okay. And, um, it's the storyline to me is very unique and interesting. Um, it's about, uh, Dr. Kayla Winslow. Um, she is a PhD. Um, so she's not a professor really she works for harvard but she's like a researcher okay and she specializes in um religion but particularly demonology now it's not because she's like enamored with it uh in regards to like she believes in it it's actually the opposite she believes it doesn't exist okay and so that's why she studies it all right and so she's considers herself an atheist and she's really just kind of out to prove like this doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, okay. 
in the book, it does. So, but the author starts pairing um, kind of Christianity with Greek mythology and starts bringing all these different religions kind of together to one, which makes for a really interesting melting pot. Um, And it also, I guess, personally, um, my husband and I have had discussions like, regarding who's to say whose religion is correct and so for her take on like there isn't one correct religion it's all kind of been mixed but over time the pieces have been pulled out and you know and almost telephoned and that they've kind of started to become misinterpreted and split it was just a really thoughtful piece but in a fun fictional way if that makes sense yeah oh that's cool and I've always loved reading about books of other religions just to learn about them right like things i didn't know it's not a path of my life but it's always been fascinating to me to learn about that so this would be a fun way to explore it even more because it sounds like a totally different way to to read about it exactly and um she ends up developing a uh becoming friends with who would be considered lucifer but their spin on hell is very different, I think, than what kind of our standard world thinks of it today, too. Um, it's painted as almost kind of more of a um, the Dante's seven circles, um, oh, yeah. but even still different than that. But how like there's a lesser hell, a harder hell, you know, like. And so, yeah, it's just very interesting. Um, and. I thought her creativity in that manner was so well, you know, done because to paint a picture so different from what we see, that's to me what fictional writing truly is, you know? So, and that's truly where the escape will come, right? Cause it's so different from our standard day. Yeah. We're like, Oh, this is so cool. I've never thought I liked fantasy and this is kind of what spurred me to do this podcast. And I've discovered, I love it because it is a total escape from my everyday. Right. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah. And that's, um, I love reading all sorts of books. Um, I do fantasy. I do, I do notice. So I stick more to the mystery the thriller, the romance. Those are probably my key ones, but I do like hunger games, stuff like that, you know, Harry Potter, those were all ones I've read and really enjoyed. Um, they're just good books. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I will admit, I feel like sometimes I steer clear of thrillers because I'm a night reader and I'm like, I don't want the story to keep me up at night. Like if it's really yeah. creepy or, um, so I would say like these, um, and this is what I was thinking too. I was like, these, I would consider light thrillers. Okay. Perfect. Like, these, I don't do creepy thriller either. Like I don't do horror. Yeah. Um, I don't That's do probably horror better way movies. To say it. Yeah, I actually do not do horror movies. I have night like I have vivid dreams, so I have nightmares. Like I can't do that. Um, I don't do like Halloween horror. Um, okay, what are they? the walkthrough thing. No, thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. So I would consider these, like I said, light thrillers. They're more of uh, keeping you on your toes in the story, with you know, spinning you in different directions, um, bringing you know, really in these making you think. Yeah. Um, and so. There are some heavy thrillers that are a lot more psychological that really almost leave you tired afterwards because they are flipping you around in the story so much. These are not flipping you that much. I mean, they throw curves at you, but not anything too crazy. Yeah. And I think, like you said, if there's that mystery component going along as well, I think that would be enough to 
to do it. But I will admittedly say that that is why I think I've avoided the thriller genre because I was always like, well, will I sleep after I read them? <laughs> so I'm glad to hear you say that the differentiation between horror and thriller, because maybe that's more what I mean when I say that I didn't think the genre was for me, you know, yeah, horror and- would probably be what would push me there. Yeah. And I think, you know, also within the thriller, like we were saying, we've got sub genres. Mm-hmm. There's probably some that are more borderline horror thriller. And then these are kind of what I consider light. Um, okay. Definitely more pleasurable reading than, yeah, like you said, get you gripped in that, oh my gosh, I can't sleep now. Or <laughs> Yeah. Better go check all my locked doors in my house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, none of that. Yeah. Unless awesome. you believe, truly believe in Lucifer and that he's going to show up on your doorstep. <laughs> okay. All right. So, and then do you follow this doctor through the, the next books in the series as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's actually, um, so when I read the arc, she didn't have like any of the other books uh, released or like any, sometimes, you know, they'll do the pre-sale or they'll have the storyline, sure. the the little verbiage paragraph put together. She didn't have any of those put together. And so I knew she was turning it into a series though. Uh, and the story did not take the route I thought it was going to take at all. Okay. At all. And it's been great. Like I could not put it down. But I was kind of floored at the direction it went. And so, okay. again, her creativity was so much more than mine was in regards awesome. to the story. <laughs> well, I love that. Okay, so that was The Devil's Trill by yes. N.B. Saltzman. What's the second book of our pairing today? Yeah, so the second book of our pairing is First to Die by James Patterson. Okay. And he is a very well-known author. Um, He has published so many books, but this is another series by him and it's called The Women's Murder Club. Okay. And um, all the books in this series have the number of the book in the title. So he is on book 23 and counting. All right. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yep. And 23 was just released um, this, uh, well, I guess I can't say this month because we're in June now. Um, It was released in May. Oh, awesome. Okay. So listeners, that could give you a whole chunk of books to listen to if you jump into these James Patterson's one. Um, My friend was just telling me actually about a... He writes like middle grade YA books as well. And she's like, I think your son would really like them. They're really fun. And I was like, oh, I'll have to tell. I didn't know. I only thought he was a writer for adults. Yeah. So he mostly writes mysteries, but he launched that um, like middle school youth age books. And um, yeah, his, like I said, he has so many books um, and he's a really great writer. Um his the women's murder club actually came out in 2001 okay um and when we discussed you know chatting about these books i was like gosh it's been a long time since i've read that book uh yeah. so i went back and reread it and it is kind of hilarious because they talk about like oh they've got pagers <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun to read those sometimes and they almost take you back to yeah. when pagers were around <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> yeah. So I have not read the entire series. I think I've read like books one through 10. Cause at the time I was reading it, that was all that was written. Sure. So I'm super excited to go back. I'm going to read the whole series again. Um, I'm on book three now Nice. and um, I'm going to read through to 23 and probably by the time I get there, he'll be at 25. So <laughs> well, you'll have to keep us posted, Ray, how this progress goes. Cause I would love to hear it. Do you think that these books need to be picked up in order? Yes. Okay. I would All right. pick them up in order um, because they sometimes will revisit past crimes Okay. in the books. All um, right. And so just a little about um, this series. So it's a suspense thriller. Um, so it's going to follow a little more of kind of like a CSI style. Um, the, the book's about a homicide detective. Um, or sorry, the Women's Murder Club is about four women okay. who come together and they're an unlikely pairing. Uh, well, kind of, but so it's a homicide detective, a medical examiner, a newspaper journalist, and the assistant uh, district attorney. Okay. And they come together to help solve cases. So the cases will be um, the homicide detective's case, and she'll call the girls together um, at a Mexican restaurant for margaritas, where they chat these cases, and they solve them together. Wow. And so it's a super fun read, um, particularly as I'd say a female standpoint, because you can just picture these ladies as friends, but also colleagues. Yeah. And they help each other through personal stuff. And but they're also working through these cases and just really, like I said, really fun. Um, but it's also a thriller. So it does take you for spins. Okay. We get, you know, possibly people being kidnapped and this, you know, like people being shot at, you know, different stuff like that sure. um, to keep you on your toes. Um, and then interestingly, this at one point was made into a TV show. Okay. That's so fun. So it only had one season, sadly. I loved it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So don't, if you're one of those people, like kind of like me, who like gets really caught up in the seasons, I, I w- maybe wouldn't do it because it's only one. Okay. Um, but it was really good, I thought. Uh, maybe I need to go back and watch it now, and I maybe not, won't think that this time. But um, but yeah, like I said, the uh, to me, what drew me into these books was I think the the four women supporting each other and seeing them work together, but also be there personally. Yeah, and do the characters then they also persist in the series as well? Like they're yes. okay, yeah, and I love that because then I feel like you really feel like you get to know the characters, so it almost gets this cozy feeling a little bit because you're yeah. just stepping back in with the same characters and you're like, okay, I kind of know them and. Um, but solving yeah, a murder so you, or a mystery at the same time. Exactly. And you go through their relationships with them, you know, um, one gets pregnant and, it, and so then you go through that and like you say, you just start building that relationship with the characters and really learning and kind of getting brought into the story. Awesome. Okay. So that was first to die and that's by James Patterson and it's the women's murder club. And then what's the last book of the pairing today? So the last book of the pairing is the surgeon by Tess Gerritsen. And this series is Rizzoli and Isles. Okay. It has currently 13 books. 
Um, and it also was published in, uh, originated in 2001, okay. which I thought was interesting that I happened to pick two books from the same year. <laughs> yeah. Going back that far too. Um, so. Well, they've stuck with, with you that long. It, <laughs> right. And that's how I knew these were good books because yeah. they have stuck with me for over 20 years. Um, and this series or this, um, subgenre is, um, it's a medical thriller. Okay. And I looked it up and I, cause it has, it does. So I, I went back and reread this book too, be, before I talk today within it, it has a lot of medical terminology. And so I looked up last night, the author is a physician. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so totally makes sense that it's a medical thriller. Um, similar feel and that it's about a homicide detective and eventually in the series, she befriends the medical examiner. Okay. And so we hear the the stories from both of their sides. Um, in the very first book, we don't have the medical exam- examiner yet. Okay. But eventually, like I said, the series goes on to be about Jane Rizzoli and Maura Isles. Jane's the homicide detective and Maura is the... Um, the medical examiner. Okay. Interestingly, this was also made into a TV series. All right. Now it had seven seasons. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. And um, the homicide detective from Women's Murder Club, its series, she is the exact same actress who plays the homicide detective <laughs> in Rizzoli and Isles. So it's Angie Harmon. Okay. Um, Right. So there's some crossover. Not only were these two books, um, you know, series published and launched in the same year, but they, um, even though the TV series um, for Women's Murder Club, it launched, the TV series was in 2007 for Rizzoli and Isles. It was in 2010. They used the same lead actress for the homicide detective. So it's kind of interesting, the crossovers. Yeah. Okay. And then is that one... It's not, it just was seven seasons. It's not coming out with any other seasons for the TV series. No. So it ran, um, yeah, seven seasons starting in 2010 is when it ran. So it won't have any new episodes. Um, Okay. Are there further books coming out in the series? So her, she did just publish one. I think last year is when book 13 came out okay. and there was a big gap. Cause if I remember correctly, book 12 was maybe like 2017. Okay. And then 2022 is when book 13 came out. So I'm not sure if that was a, I haven't read 13 yet. Again, I, at the time that I read these, I think I probably read like one through seven or one through whatever was published. So um, I'm going to go back and reread this entire series and catch up on the books I missed. Um, so I'm not sure if 13 is maybe a closing of the series or if she's picked it back up again. Okay. All right. Well, that's awesome. Okay. So that was The Surgeon by Tess Gerritsen. So normally I finish the show with bonus pairings, which are just a speed round of questions. So you can just answer these really quick. So where is your favorite place to read? My favorite place to read. Oh gosh. I would love to say the beach, but I swear it's like, I get sunburned. The glare is there, you know, like it's like, (laughs) that's your dream place, but it's unfortunately it's not. Um, I'm going to just say my bed. Like that's kind of where 
um, in the mornings, if I get to, to read or maybe my couch, cause then my dogs can both snuggle with me too. Okay. So awesome. I'm kind, of, kind of boring. <laughs> no, I, I, mine's in my house too. Cause that's just the nature of my life. So, um, what is one book you have read that has changed your life? Oh my gosh. Oh, one book I have read that has changed my life. Oh man, that's a really hard one. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, okay. So I'm gonna throw back really, really far. Um, I'm gonna go with, and this is gonna sound absolutely horrible, but, um, I, I'm back in high school. I read books about Jeffrey Dahmer and Jack the Ripper Okay. And I honestly feel like that's probably what unknowingly set me on the trajectory of where I'm at now today. Yeah. That's not one book, but um, like I said, when, when I was in high school, I just became really kind of infatuated with the, the stories of how, why are these people doing this? How do they get away with it? Like trying to, I guess, figure out the psychological piece of it. And I think sure. that's, what's always intrigued me with serial killers and true crime and that type of stuff. Yeah. Okay. No, I could totally see where that would, because now that's what your career is, right? So, and then are you a rereader? So no. Okay. Which is, which is contrary to what I just said about rereading these series, but I guess maybe after 20 years, I make an exception. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. By that Um, point, you've probably forgot some of the details. So it'd be a good way to revisit. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. No, generally I'm a once and done. Um, and just, uh, I could probably name on one hand, the books I have reread, uh, just, okay. I enjoy new stories and maybe kind of fitting in with that mystery side of it. Like I want the, the kind of the mystery of not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I also prefer to read the book before I watch a movie or the TV show or whatever is being, I don't want the the movie or the show to spoil the book. So I prefer to read it first. Yeah. I'm a purist in that way myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, what are you reading next? So um, right now um, I'm, like I said, working my way through the Women's Murder Club. So um, awesome. I am on the next book in that series. That'll probably tie me up for a while. And then I'll... I'll probably take a break and then I'll swap switch back over to the Rizzoli and Owls and finish through that series then too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate your time and I'm so glad I could have you on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I love getting to nerd out on books. It's fun. Yay. You're so <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much for listening to my chat today with Ray Walaska and her thriller book flight. We'd love to know what other books you might pair with this book flight at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, Especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. 
This is a brand new show. So if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.